0: Thank you. Um, I changed the paper a little bit from the one that was circulated Those who you read it, and especially I, I added something that I'm really glad I had it because a lot of people talked about it earlier, which is the practitioner side. I mean, uh, uh, a lot of people talk about their participation in their research. I was a dancer, i still dancing, I, I was a dance teacher, and I get to that the end, so there a little bit of practitioner's insights in the So So. Dance and politics may at first appear to be two antagonistic fields of human life. However, that it will be argued they have been essentially linked in ancient Greek history and in the San this, this paper looks at the relationship between dance and politics and the writing of Plato and Nietzsche. Both dance and politics as human practices have changed consider- considerably from the days of Plato to Nietzsche's time. Therefore, the relationship between them has been radically transformed. The relationship between dance and politics may eliminate clandestine aspects of the OED The OED defines choreograph as a designer or arranger of ballet. Its Greek origin refers to the actual writing down of, of dance, what we refer today as notation. In any case, it encompasses both arrangement, insertion of stability, order, and flux, change, or simply movement. Both this, these variants are constitutive elements of choreography of dance, and bring rise to its conceptual interpretation in writing da- about dancing philosophy alone. I wish to show that Plato and Nietzsche chose to focus on only one perspective of dance or choreography, thus generating an incomplete perception of what dance is. The relationship between dance and politics is hence partial, and accordingly so is the interpretation of political life through dance. So, Plato. This, Plato discusses dance in Book Seven of the Laws which I think is the fun book of Plato, according to our people, under the heading of education. This context shall be out, which the output, is a core characteristics of the relationship between politics and dance and platonic thought. These two spheres of human life are connected through their contributions towards the educational process, which lies at the heart of the political world. The discussion of dance and Plato commences from the separation of the decent and the disreputable. Thus, dance is inserted into a dichotomized framework. This Separation entails an aesthetic criterion which achieves the moral status, according to Plato. In these dances, which portray fine physiques and noble characters, the correct posture is maintained if the body is kept erect in a state of rigorous tension, with the limbs extended nearly straight. A posture with the opposite characteristics we reject is not correct. I'll go back to this posture and bring a more current example later, but keep that in mind of the upright posture and the extended limbs. The aesthetics of dance are therefore divided into two dichotomous groups. The beautiful is interchangeable with the correct. Plato constructs an aesthetic vision which which simplifies choreographic categories into two main groups, the right dance and the wrong dance. Plato adheres to a similar metaphor when he discusses the construction of the just just self. This is a quote from the Republic, not from the laws. Justice in the individual is now defined analogically to justice in the state. The individual is wise and brave in virtue of his reason and spirit, respectively. He is disciplined with spirit and appetite, when spirit and appetite are in proper subordination to reason. Martha Nussbaum claims that in Plato's metaphor, the affinity made in this affinity, uh, Plato's laws, emotions, and reasoning movements of the organism. Beyond adhering to a similar metaphor, that of the um, posture, uh, right posture, this affinity makes dance political as this metaphor is overarching when it's in platonic writing. The aim to create a rationally governed quality is one of Plato's core claims in the Republic, and is exemplified in many areas of the laws. And I think that kind of plays with your sober leader question. Thus, the metaphor for us not only as an abstract strata or reference, but rather as an ideological imperative. The emphasis in both dance and politics is on achieving the correct form, learning the proper way of execution through maintaining the discipline of the body. The dance, beautifully for Plato, is to display total control, an upright posture, and beautifully extended limbs. Now, I'll show you a few uh, slides of Greek, the ancient Greek dancing, just to exemplify some of this. Um, and just show that in the background while I talk, so you have some image of what he was referring to. Plato's um, famous discussion of rationality as ruling really the emotion is conceptually akin to this aesthetic principle. Good laws, good qualities, and a good statements will entail an upright moral posture. They're able to subdue the temperamental layer of their personality to control it by rational thinking. A few other examples. This is a war dance, which is part of the political education in that it actually taught people to use weapons, so it's not just talking about that. Um, Okay, that's going back to the posture of the outstretched limbs and upright posture. Um, If you thought that kind of those who did dance kind of rang the bell, this is from the the ballet school of the Bolshoi in 1950, and you can see a very nice example of that thing. And I, I really like that quote, so I put it uh, the leg. I would like to meet that teacher, but Further <laughs> um, so insights might be gained from the follow t- following quotation. The point we have to watch in every chorus performer is this. How successfully or how disastrously does he keep the fine-style of dancing to be expected from men who have been brought up under good laws? Plato creates a causal link between beautiful, correct dancers and being brought up under good laws. The dancer has to undergo good political education in order to execute his dance properly. The just city has a precondition for beautiful dancers, hence politics becomes a necessary and constituent part of the education of the dancer. Aesthetics and politics become intertwined. Moreover, aesthetics is subjected to politics, as the political education precedes the aesthetic one. The ranking of what is just and what is good in the political world determines the ranking of what is beautiful in choreography. However, this causal relationship is presented with a caveat. Beta describes the backheak dancers and the like, again going back to your paper, um, in which the dancers allege a representation of drunken persons they call nymphs and pans, and cyrene and satias, and which are performed during purifications initiations are something of a problem taken by a group, they cannot be termed either as dance of peace or dances of war, and indeed they resist all attempts to label them. The best procedure, I think, is to treat them as separate from war dances and dances of peace, and put them in a category of their own, which the statement may ignore as outside his province, that will entitle us to leave them on one side and get back to the dances of peace and war, which is what they use it, both of which undeniably ni- deserves our attention. A few examples of Vaki dances and how they differ from the dances, priests, and dancers in um, the world we talked about. Vaki dances are intertwined in the central physical strata of the human being. They involve losing control and creating, non patterned forms of movement. They are conception- conceptually linked to the consumption of alcohol and are metaphorically connected to the lack of rational thinking. They cannot be regulated, but thus are removed from the ab- ability to be disciplined by the political criteria. Beautiful dances should be controlled by the statesman; dubious dances should be ignored by him. This act of exclusion and defining something as out of reach of the political is perhaps the most political act of all. Something that also came out of the first panel, I think. It delimitates the sphere of influence political life may have. It illuminates the scope of mass political world and what politics cannot in, must not engage with. When Plato defines spheres of life which cannot be subjected to politics, the limits of his political project are drawn. The, se- the central emotional side of the human being, behavior with, which escapes foreseen rhythmic patterns, presents a challenge Plato's political project, hence must be set aside even in Plato's states, there's something about dance which challenges the attempt to draw the limits of the political. Dance cannot be completely subordinated to to political laws. It exemplifies part of the human identity, which which cannot be subjected to strict regimes of discipline, or can be subjected to these regimes, but at the same time contain the potential to act outside of them, and moreover, to overrule them while taking part in them. Dance may, as in this case, illuminate the potential to cut through the boundaries of the political ways even limiting, taking part in it. I'm going to skip some of it. Um, there are many really interesting things about the discussion of dance and later that I can't go into here, but uh, that's a few points I want to refer to. Um, and I want to move to Nietzsche, which has uh, a the the and at the same time presents other problems. That's another few learning. Nietzsche. Nietzsche used dance both as a metaphor as part of his plan too, of rejuvenating the weak, disempowered, and resentful European. In that book, there is there is, there is, there is sutra alone. It is mentioned 34 times. In "Echo Omo, Nietzsche describes the period where he worked at My muscular agility has always been greatest when my creative power flowed most abundantly. The body is inspired. Let us leave the soul out of it. I could often has, have been seen dancing and other and the, the fictions of Nietzsche dance and say that it's not a great thing, but that's <laughs> 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 um, Nietzsche's discussion of dance starts from somewhat paradoxical reverence to the to movement as an ideal. He admires the elusive elements in dance. He seeks that which cannot be captured, which is the case and cannot be defined the relationship between dance and politics brings about any aesthetic ideals, they reside in the shifting, unstable, as ma- may be derived from this quotation. Like a dancing girl, who, mm-hmm. as it seems to me, has stood for too long, dangerously long forever, on a single leg. And I think I'll talk about this quote in a minute, but I think, first of all, it's a very clear reference to ballet. and I mean, this is the first Giselle, the premier Giselle was 1841, and Lovely of the greasy, and that's kind of the ballet that Nietzsche might have seen in his time and didn't really like for those reasons that I'll discuss in a minute. Um, first of all, ballet is something that Nietzsche resents. It's a strong emphasis of technicality on how to achieve the correct form as was discussed by right data. And moreover, it's, it's a bit of my striving to achieve some balance, a vision, something that we want to maintain. And those of you who do ballet or know ballet, there's a strong discussion of balance and how to keep the balance which is something that obviously Nietzsche wouldn't really like. Um, and as a counter, um, something that Nietzsche tries to further is modern dance or contemporary dance. And I brought a few slides of people who interrupted Nietzsche and used him uh, in their work in contemporary dance. And the first one is, is a Laura Duncan, and tribute. Um, so the emphasis of modern dance is no longer on achieving balance; it is. As on delicate moments of off-balance, which is a core concept in contemporary dance, of, of rupture, of instability, which create the movement as a constitutive element of human life. Nietzsche discusses the imperfections of life and dance rather than striving towards perfection. Another quote that I want to discuss is: "I say to you, this is all from Zarathustra, by the way." I say to you, one must still have chaos within in order to give birth to a rise, to a dancing star. Next. Um, this is from a Mark Graham work, quite late one actually, but, um, just to show her the, the sort of how you shift the focus towards the breaking the, uh, the vertical uh, structure rather than adhering to it. Um, this quote about the uh, chaos and becoming. It should be noted that one becomes a dancing star and not educated towards it. This process stands in sharp opposition to Plato's depiction of dance education as acquiring the correct yeah. Dance is part of man's selfhood and should be unraveled rather than superimposed over him. The depiction, this depiction of dance illuminates teacher's conception of the, self, of the self, a complex and transient entity which is inherently opposed to stability and agility. If there is any educational process in life for Nietzsche, it resides in uncovering layers of the self, discovering the fluid nature of the human entity which makes man a dancing being, and at the same time, a political being. The use of the word chaos, a charged political concept, gives rise to a complex interpretation of the relationship between dance and politics. Chaos generates dance, thus dance must strike towards post chaos, must not strike towards post chaos, sorry. The non-ideal elements of dance and Plato, which cannot be subjected to an order imposed by the political, become desirable in Nietzsche. Accordingly, the political life of man is derived and corresponding to this depiction of dance is essentially unstable, and should remain so. The concept of becoming is constitutive of Nietzsche's interpretation of dance and politics alike. And it's something that really interests both Graham and uh, and, and Mary Wigman, who's a German uh, beginning of the like, 20th century, more or less. Um, Chaos within, vertical inconsistencies, are preconditioned to acquiring the ability to dance. The constitutive process of unraveling itself, which never ends really, um, creates elusive moments of non-balance, counterbalance, balance another concept in modern dance, which contribute to the process of becoming, becoming which generates dance. The last quotation that I want to, to discuss in each and for going to the comparison of both of you, both of them, um, in song and dance, man expresses himself as a member of a higher communal nature. He has forgotten how to walk and speak and is well on the way to dancing himself aloft into the heights. His gesture is communicated and trans So here, Nietzsche links. Communal activity to to, um, dance very directly. Um, The political world is tied to losing control to unconscious impulses to non-rational life. Man must succumb to these if he wants to convey the political side of himself. Um, We should not teach man how to dance properly, and this is a sharp position to (laughs) play. We should, uh, and we should not teach him how to be a good citizen, but rather let him partake in these, act- in these activities <coughs> improperly. Um, basically, this quotation, it was, um, uh, uh, sorry, this quotation presents Plato's criteria exclu- for exclusion as a primary condition <coughs> of inclusion in Nietzsche. Uh, all the dances that Plato can't control because the dances that Nietzsche wants to celebrate. However, his politics is conceptually linked to an entranced, this creates an act of exclusion, uh, which is, as I said, parallel to, um, to the platonic mood, meaning that anything that has some kind of order in it, and anybody who knows that, took so part in that, any, in any kind of case, there is some kind of order in that. And that's where I, I put my practitioner hat on and I kind of say, well, when you're a dancer, <laughs> it's not that you get up and you sort of unmagulate the chaos and dance around the circle and so on. It's rather hard and tedious and grey work sometimes. And to sort of oppose that, I brought you a nice quote which I found in Dancing Times three days ago of uh, the lovely Bloom Kichatra, who's uh, dancing in the Northern Ballet uh, Theatre. And she says, one day, without class, you notice it. Two days without class, your teacher notice it. Three days without class, and your audience notices it. So it's kind of the opposite of what Nietzsche <coughs> and it's a, a, a very important part of that, so that if you overlook that, you basically make the same error that Plato makes when he overlooks other parts of that. So I will jump wildly in my conclusion. Um, Paradoxically, these two frameworks somewhat overlap Nietzsche and Plato, because both of them exclude one part of dance as a human activity and thus create a a partial interpretation of the political. Because if you look only at the order or only at the disorder, you don't have a full view of what dance is or what politics is. Um, Dance should not be interpreted as dichotomous practice, and neither should politics. There is a wide world world of complexities between Bonnie and depiction of the two impulses of virtue and virtue. And um any interpretation that may seem as adhering to one side also has some of the other if you look very carefully at it. Um, once the study of politics tries to look at politics articulation in everyday practices, dance is granted legitimacy as an object of study. Beyond presenting a theoretical discussion of dance as a manifestation of politics, this, later, this paper also showed that dance is a human practice which has been accompanying human and political life for many decades and through different eras and should not be overlooked. Finally, another question arises out of this dichotomy um, between Plato and Nietzsche, is who chooses to use dance as means of expression. And it's something that I took a little bit from Michael Waltz's essay about deliberation and what else, when he basically says that deliberation is not an activity for the demos, and the demos will do other things in order to deliberate. So we might think that kind of plays on Jenny's paper, and Chewene's maybe, and other papers, and other maybe George's comment about masculinity and narratives, who, who are the people who use dance as a means of expression in the political life. And uh, we saw three female choreographers in the 1890s, ni- and that's quite a strong straight statement in itself. Um, I want to end with another little practitioner's note. And I wanted to bring a dance video because I thought, well, it's not the same if you don't see it with dance. <laughs> So um, Alvin Ailey, American Dance Theater, I don't know if anyone saw anything of theirs At the moment, it's had this well. I strongly recommend if you haven't seen them. Um, and that's a beautiful quotes that um, Judith Jameson said about her mentor, Alvin Ailey. That kind of, I think, has to the virtue and the virtue and the disorder and the order. Um, Alvin Ailey Dance Theater is uh, an all-black, or more or less, all-black dance company. The, the, the premiere of the work we just saw was um, 1960, so it's quite early if you think of an all-black performance in the States with regard to errands and everything. I think it's quite interesting. So I'm, I'm, I want us to watch like maybe a minute or so, even just to get the idea. And before that, I just want to clar- clarify something before we, we go to the thing. Um, there's a dedication at the bottom of my paper, and that's to a little Elvira. And there's no sound, so. OK, the dedication is two. A little girl. go. This is from Revelations, and this is the first piece, which is called the Pilgrims of Sorrow. So we just watched like a minute of that. Is that OK, Martin? Yeah, yeah, that's right. huh? Yeah. And I think it shows a little bit both the sort of looking at the order, creating order, and breaking at the same, at the same time. OK, this is really bad that I'm using. I think I just, we have all your email addresses. i have just sent it by email. Um, and without crying, just to say that the paper is dedicated to an ex book. Thank you. Okay.